So first of all, Shauna, thank you very much for your time today. I know you're extremely busy. First of all, please tell us how you ended up in Kelowna. Well, I worked at TD Canada Trust for 21 years, 15 years I've been a branch manager. And back in 2003, um, I posted for a branch manager position here on Ellis and Leon as the, the downtown branch. And luckily enough, I was accepted and got that position. So we moved out here, sold the house, did it all. It was Where awesome. Was Calgary. Yeah, I grew up and was raised in Calgary. Loved it. Great place to establish your career and your family and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the plan was to come to Kelowna for a few years and then move up the corporate chain, possibly mm -hmm. going to Vancouver, Toronto, whatever may be and stuff. So, But once we got here, as a lot of people do, fell in love with the place. Mm -hmm. Such a fantastic place to live, raise a family. It's, it's very activity-focused, which we love. Love the mountains, love the water. Nice. So... We were sold. We're, we're, we didn't really want to leave after that. So, And I love the people here and the businesses, and it's just been a wonderful experience. So we've been here for 15 years now. Wow. That's gone by fast. So we were just moving in just as the fires were happening. So we're driving with our trailer and our three dogs and our two-year-old baby from Calgary, truck, car, trailer, and uh, landing up here just as that craziness is happening. So wow. it was quite an in experience to get thrown into that at Kelowna. So managing the downtown branch, of course, I had clients that were affected by the fire, I had staff that were affected by the fire. And I was just blown away with how the community rallied around each other. Like it was so cool. Um, it was a great experience to be able to be um, create that risk-free environment for my staff and for customers as they went through that really traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. But a little shocking, when we moved into our house, we live uh, on the west side uh, by the lake there. So all of a sudden we got boat, uh, planes coming down, sucking up this water, like nonstop, wow. you know, it seemed like all day long. And then I'm downtown, so same thing, all these planes are coming down downtown. So you felt like you're in a war zone. And we bought back onto some wineries and the guns were going off or the cannons were going off that time of the year to chase the birds away. So I was like, what have we done? <laughs> Where have we moved? It was very, uh, very crazy, but, uh, yeah. but interesting experience. So, but we love it here. It's just amazing. So when you first agreed to come and work for TD Bank in 2003, you thought it might be a temporary thing at first. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you decided you loved the place. And I think, too, when you when you go through something intense with the people that are around you, it can really be a bonding thing. Absolutely. And uh, do, did you think, like, this was maybe a permanent condition? Like, when we have floods or things happen, people tend to think, well, this is going to keep happening year after year. Like, what was the sentiment? I, my first visit was 2004, mm -hmm. and I could see a lot of the wreckage and burnt forests. Mm -hmm. Um, and I heard the stories, but what was the sentiment like going into 2004? Was it like, this is going to be a chronic issue or was it a one-time thing? Good question. So of course things happened in Calgary too. We'd had massive storms that have impacted houses and every, every community goes through these kind of experiences. So, so I knew this too would pass, but interesting from the housing perspective, because that was where I was most impacted with customers, right? They had mortgages and and houses that were burnt down. Some were like, oh, I'm so glad my house didn't burn down. It jumped over, but all the other houses were burnt down. So you're hearing all these stories. So people are grateful to have their house, and these other people lost their house and everything. But 
the insurance part of it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, very eye-opening, the different experiences customers had with the different house insurance <laughs> companies. Some are just like, uh, we don't believe you had anything. We, you have to prove everything. And, of course, a lot of people are really poor about keeping proper records of what they had in their home. And it was a real tough tough situation for these people I felt for them and then other insurance companies were kind of like how much do you want we'll just write you a blank check we'll do everything and it was like wow it was quite quite alarming the the differences to that so I was glad to be able to help some of those clients when they're dealing with feeling like they're trapped with these insurance companies because of course there's government agencies that help make sure that us the public aren't violated by that kind of thing so it was nice to be able to introduce them to opportunities to help negotiate that Mm because it was pretty sad but most of them got taken care of eventually through the insurance companies and they all had these beautiful new homes and of course anything tragedy like that as hard as it is at the time is just an awesome contributor to the economy going forward because of course the builders were crazy busy and the economy just like spurred just like fort mcmurray experience when they went through that so Mm -hmm. so 2004 even though it was a tough go with people losing their homes people were starting to rebuild so i think there was a lot of hope and they and then they got these brand new homes and then the mm-hmm. the people are like oh i was so glad my house was saved we're kind of like oh i got the ugly old house <laughs> amongst <laughs> all these brand new houses so yeah. so so it was interesting how that kind of evolved but i think things happen in the community or in the world all the time so it just kind of cycles through i was living in the cayman islands at that time and in 2004 we had a devastating hurricane and everybody, not everybody, it was very similar because of tornadoes. Like my property was completely demolished. Right next door, they had some flooding, but they were fine. The roof was intact and everything. Mine was like sliced in half. But it was interesting, uh, people reading their insurance policies for the first time and hearing about clauses that they didn't even know were important. And uh, the only advice I can give people is read anything you're spending money on, like an insurance policy or a mortgage or anything, you should read it <laughs> before you sign it. Uh, absolutely read it. It's pretty dry, some of the stuff. Yeah. Some of it's pretty hard to interpret. But again, working in the banking industry for, for 21 years, like most people don't read <laughs> things and stuff. So uh, I always think it's good if the person that's doing the mortgage or selling the house takes the time to to at least explain some of the key points on it because yeah. that often doesn't happen. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people caught off guard, like you said, with the insurance company thing. So I really appreciate a really good insurance person that's mm-hmm. going to go through the the policy with me explain because it is kind of shocking. It's like, what? That's not covered? Because there's a lot of um, acts of God that are not covered, which I think people are kind of wandering around, do, 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 do. Yeah. But when the floods happen and that kind of stuff, some of that stuff's not covered at all. So absolutely yeah. make sure you ask lots of questions Go through a lot of what-if scenarios. I think you probably find that with mm-hmm. buying, selling homes too, yes. right? So what if you decide to leave? What, do, what if you decide you need more room? Or you got to kind of anticipate what's going to happen. So that's true with all financial stuff. Really kind of think through what happens if, you know, disaster happens. Am I covered properly and stuff? I consult uh, uh, across Canada, financial consulting. I love doing it because I love being able to kind of triage the situations people find themselves in in a safe way because it's on the phone so they can let it all hang out and I've had some pretty pretty sad stories but I'm glad that I have the experience and the knowledge to kind of help guide them on the path to the right direction Mm -hmm. because I've talked to people that you know think think that their finances is ending 
their family and they feel contemplating suicide. And I've seen people that are just feel trapped that made some poor decisions, like bought a vehicle that was way beyond their means. And they're trapped because they can't sell the vehicle enough to pay off the loan mm-hmm. and the payments. Like it, it's really sad, all this uh, stuff I see. So I'm grateful that, you know, they create these calls. So at least I can kind of give them or point them in the right direction for yeah. it and stuff too. But really important to be an advocate for your own financial situation, whether you're buying a home or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really sad that there seems to be, so we don't talk about that amongst people. There right. seems to be a lot of shame or fear around it. And I, I would love to see that be more vocal in the world as people talk about it more more open. We'll talk about, oh, yeah, I went to the gym, I didn't work out. Well, we won't talk about I'm struggling with finances. Right. That can be such a hard thing on people because everybody gets caught in a bad spot. Nobody's perfect. Right. And, and it can be really isolating and pretty soul-destroying when you kind of get yourself in a bad situation. It is so true, so true. Because um, when I went through the hurricane, uh, and I inherited this building from my dad and uh, my brother and sister and I inherited it. They didn't want to have anything to do with it, so I uh, got a bank loan and I bought them out. And when the hurricane happened, um, it wasn't my fault, obviously, but I felt like a loser, you know? Like, I was homeless because my apartment was inside this building. And uh, the bank was not the greatest with me. The insurance company was a little nicer and helpful. But the bank was like, you missed your October payment. And I said, well, the my roof is in my parking lot, so the tenants can't pay any rent right now. But they, they didn't care. Uh, so even though, you know, sometimes things aren't our fault, you know, you feel it's a self-esteem thing. I think our culture is like, yeah. you know, if you're financially successful, you're a winner, right? And if you're having problems, you're a loser. So we don't talk about it. So tell us a little bit about what you do. You touched on it, but you help people and you give advice to people. Yeah, I've got uh, two main avenues with my financial planning practice. The first one I was talking about was consulting. And that's, again, across Canada. Mm-hmm. And I just do quick phone calls and stuff just to kind of guide and stuff. And I'm very grateful that I get to help people and maybe take a little bit of that pain and tell them you're not alone. This happens a lot and send them some tools to help them navigate out of that. Cause like you mentioned too, you feel like a loser. Like people feel very isolated and, and it's so hard on couples. I think I do believe it's still one of the number one contributors to divorce is finances. Mm -hmm. People have trouble having those conversations. It's, Um, One person can be really overbearing and like, no, you can't spend anything. So that causes the other person to kind of sneakily spend money. And then if they get into trouble, it's, it's, it's sad. I've had Mm -hmm. many fights over the, my long tenure in the financial world with couples fighting. And it's, 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 it's really, really hard. And, and it's such an important thing to have good conversations with at the beginning as couples or, and if you're on your own, just to make sure you have a good plan, put yourself in the driver's seat. Good, put a good strategy in place and stuff like that, too. Yeah. But as you mentioned, uh, your bank wasn't very good, and I see that a lot, too. So uh, make sure you find the right financial people to deal with. Like, find the right realtor. If you There's, like, so many ones out there. If you kind of don't like the person you're dealing with, move along. Like, right. you don't have to be trapped with that person. Like, talk to three or four people before you make that decision. Yeah. I've seen people bullied into situations financially, whether it's mortgages or investments that mm-hmm. don't feel like they had a voice and the and the financial professionals kind of just taking advantage of that and mm-hmm. breaks my heart every time i i hear that because and i apologize it's like, well, it's not your fault it's like well i kind of represented in the industry right that yeah. you hear that kind of stuff so 
Yeah, so so that's part of it. So I help navigate that that for some people. So grateful to do that. Some days it can be a little hard if you hear these really people going through so much terrible pain. But uh, we all go through tough struggles. Yeah. My other part of my financial planning business is actually to have my clients who I love to deal with. And I love being there as their sounding board and helping guide them through the process because it is very confusing. There's so many different mm-hmm. things. And you get so much different paperwork, like, where do you keep it all? So I like to be the conduit for that, too. So I'll have a client call me, can you can you send me a copy of this? Because I have it all. I keep all the updated stuff. And and because I've been doing this forever, so I'm very comfortable in that world. And I love love being able to be there for them. Mm-hmm. So And I do do it all because I've had that, that background. So banking, credit, uh, borrowing, uh, insurance, investments, group benefits. So I get to see the whole big picture, and I, I am blessed to have been a branch manager for 15 years. So I kind of seen behind the iron curtain and kind of get how it all kind of puts together. So mm-hmm. I love being able to do that for my clients. I think with couples too, it's important that we're transparent with our partners because there's um, better ways and worse ways to spend money and to invest in things like that. But I believe there's also different styles and. Uh, different ways of looking at things, which may not be incorrect, but we have different styles. And I think it's really important to be transparent before we move in with someone or get into any kind of financial partnership with someone that we're both transparent about the way we act and the way we think about money and uh, what we like to invest in if we have a surplus uh, before problems happen. Because I think that's where the sneakiness comes in because a person says they're going to get mad, so I'm going to just not talk about it. It's better to know in advance if you're compatible financially before problems hit. I, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. It's really it's really tough. It's really, And to stay on top of it and plan together, I recommend that uh, people look at their budget or, or pay all their bills and stuff once a week. Mm-hmm. So they look at it. I do mine every Saturday morning. I pull up my stuff, I do, and then I put it away. And then once a month to look at your budget. Are you on track to where you want to be? And having those conversations. Mm-hmm. And it is tough. And especially at the beginning when you haven't done that, there could be fighting and stomping away and anger. But just to persevere until you get through that because it's – and a lot of people just think it's just easier to ignore, but then it gets mm-hmm. to be such such a challenging problem. So monthly sitting down with your partner to review your budget to make sure you're on track – Try not to have any judgment and just kind of, you know, you're going to get better over time because yeah. it's really sad. People walk around with this gray cloud of overwhelmness when it comes to money and it can make you sick, right? Because we all mm-hmm. know that stress and those kind of things can really harm our bodies and our whole well-being and that right. doesn't have to be that way. And to have those conversations and to seek out a good financial professional that can help guide you. And again, there's tons out there. So don't feel bullied or feel like you have to stay with a certain place. You're the boss. You're hiring these people to work with you. So yeah. so check out a few people. Ask people that you really care about. Who do you deal with and, and, and trying to do with that? We all get caught. Or the culture, unfortunately, is a thing of, like you mentioned sent before, it's like if you're success, financially successful... <laughs> Then you're then you're a success. You're you you've made it, but some people that look like they're financially successful aren't necessarily. Uh, of course, being from my world, I right. see lots of things where it looks like the people are just woo. They're just doing well. They got the house, the cars, everything. 
but they could be just on the verge of bankruptcy or just avoiding it, like, yeah. and having a horrible time and stuff like that. And people that look like they're living quite modest and maybe maybe they're not doing too well because they're driving older cars and they might just have millions and millions in the bank and you yes. have no idea. So, so unfortunately, we're a culture of like judging by the surface, which yeah. is too bad. So we should be still be looking deeper, but it doesn't help with the media and the commercials yeah. and all that stuff too. So to be successful, you have to have, you know, this car and this trip and this house and stuff. So, so, and it gets people into really some really tough, tough spots. And mm-hmm. all they're trying to do is just try to keep up with the culture. Do you help people if they get into a spot where they need to do a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy? Are you qualified to do that? Or is that something you would recommend someone go talk to someone else? Well, first of all, I help them feel like it's okay. Like I do more of the empathetic kind of like, it's okay, you can dig yourself out. I've seen lots of people dig themselves out. Do I get into the minutiae of that? No. But I do give them resources that I find are reliable because they're not all created equal out there mm-hmm. either. No, but no financial industry. <laughs> People in the industry are all created equal. So it's like, you know, get you out of debt. Some of them, you know, they're just out to make money, right? So right. Some, unfortunately, sometimes they prey on people that are suffering to make more money and them to be successful. And, yeah. and there's different alternatives. So I'd like to try to introduce them to different alternatives and, right. and, and not to avoid the situation because I think that triggers a lot of things and help them learn how to talk to creditors and that kind of stuff too. I like being able to guide that. And, cool. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us? Do you charge a fee for that? Like, how do you how do you get paid for your services? Uh, with the consulting, yes, I do get paid for the consulting calls. I do for it's just general people that I know that I care about. No, I won't won't charge them for that. I'll just kind of do them, point them in the right direction. Because right. again, just triage and it's like you head down this path, and they will be able to help you and give them the right resources. But I, no, I don't sit down and do a whole consumer right. proposal or, or that kind of stuff. So right. I like to deal with clients that are building their financial wealth and stuff. But I want to help in the meantime because yes. I know raising many, many financial advisors in the bank, uh, managing them over the years, I always thought it was a bad form to say, you're declined, see ya. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I always coach my staff, never, first of all, use the word decline because, again, it's very shaming and it's very hurtful um, to say, oh, we hit a snag. This is, we have to deal with this. Either uh, your debt service ratio isn't quite coming into line or, or, you know, you haven't been in your job long enough. So uh, let's revisit this in six months or, or at least give them, and you know, this, this place might be able to help you always give them an avenue of where to go next because there's nothing worse than, oh, sorry, declined. You know, that's what people think of banks is they're just declined and move along and don't help you. And that's, we should be helping everybody in the financial world should be helping everybody. It's the same in real estate. Sometimes a, a person can't qualify for a mortgage and you never want to make them feel bad. And uh, I've had m- many cases where two, three, <laughs> four years later, they come back and they say, you know, you were so kind. Um, and my parents are now willing to help me out with the down payments or, you know, I've straightened up my credits or whatever. And you were, you know, so good to me and stuff like that. So it's really important. Um, and having gone through situations myself, it's terrible to, to make someone feel bad for a situation that's yeah. out of your hands. So, and you also run an organization called Balance Wellbeing. Tell us how that relates to the finances and tell us what, what that is all about. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. If you're curious about sponsorship opportunities, just hit us up at the Facebook page 
the I Love Kelowna podcast. Luke Mankus is a realtor with Remax Kelowna. He loves what he does. We asked Luke if he had any regrets about moving here in 2011, and he always says, yeah, one regret, and that is he didn't move here sooner. When Luke came here, he didn't know anyone. He didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides his daughter, who was six years old at the time. So he knows what it's like. Now he's an expert and has helped well over 100 single people, couples, families, and investors with their real estate needs in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, Luke can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, Luke knows real estate. He can help you find a great property, negotiate a good deal, and hold your hand all the way through the process until the day you get your shiny new set of keys. Luke is known as a no-pressure kind of guy. He's had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property. He just doesn't believe in rushing things. On the other hand, when you decide it's time to act, he's diligent, and he'll work day and night until the job is done. Give Luke Make Us a call or a text message at any time, 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778-215-4273, to chat with Luke about real estate. Yes, I definitely saw a need in the community to create balanced well-being, and I love it. It's I love doing the two together, so I have a financial planner and to run this uh um, we're building this community of local businesses to improve overall well-being and enjoyment of life. There's so many great well-being businesses here. So inspired by Accelerate Okanagan, love Accelerate Okanagan. I met Andrew Greer uh, a few years ago, and he introduced me to this concept. And it's, it's a bit confusing, as is balanced well-being. It's not like uh, I sell shoes, <laughs> right. which is very easy to visualize. It's, it's, a, it's a community of businesses, as is Accelerate Okanagan. And Accelerate Okanagan is, brings together tech companies mm-hmm. in different stages, just starting out, growing, and uh, mature. And they work together, and they collaborate together, and they share their experiences, which makes everybody better. And look what's happened to the innovation in our community. It's yeah. just it's on fire. Like, it's pretty exciting. Yes. So I loved that. I loved what they did. And uh, I was part of the Kelowna Chamber for, for 14 years, and I was the head of the uh, ambassador for several years. And one of the roles of ambassadors is to welcome new businesses into the chamber. So I love doing that. So my daughter uh, would go with me. She was the first and only junior ambassador ever. So she goes mm-hmm. to high school, and we go welcome these businesses. And we walked into Film Factory. Mm-hmm. So Film Factory is an amazing organization, similar to Accelerate Okanagan, in the fact that they bring like businesses together to collaborate and inspire each other and and we're economies of scale, right? You just get better and healthier. So they have like film studio and they've got music studio and art studio. Like it's, it's incredible. So I walked away from there, totally inspired going, I feel such a draw to do something along this lines. And I have many, many friends that struggle with their well-being businesses, mm-hmm. coaches, you know, um, physiotherapists, that kind of stuff. And they're trying to do so well, but there was no, place like Accelerate or Film Factory for them to come together. So that's why I built Balance Wellbeing, because we're better together. Mm -hmm. We need our well-being businesses to be successful. Mm -hmm. 
because I don't know this factually, but my feeling is there's probably 80% of the people in our community that are really suffering. And it's sad. They're just trying to get through the day. It's hard. They're, they're working for people they don't particularly like. They're doing jobs they don't particularly like. They feel trapped, right? Because they've got mortgages to pay. They've got family to support. And they just try to get through. I see that way too many times. So, And just right down the street is amazing well-being businesses that can help these people. Just have, finding the right person to help guide them. It can, it's life-transforming. So we need these businesses to be healthy. And we need to reach out to the public here. So I'm on a mission, big right. time, to connect the businesses to the community. And uh, we just finished our third year. Uh, we do six events a month to reach the public and help the businesses. And it's just very, very rewarding. I have just the most amazing day every day. And for both businesses, because you asked what's the commonality, is I create that risk-free experience for both sides. So I'm talking finances with somebody. It's risk-free. You can share. I, you know, I've heard and seen everything, so I'm not mm-hmm. shocked by anything. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I understand. I know how it feels uh, to be in that kind of situation, and I can help you. And it doesn't mean that you don't have any money, because some people with lots of wealth are overwhelmed with having a bad experience with some financial professionals, so then they feel like they have to do it on their own, and they struggle, and they don't know what they're doing. There's so many moving parts, it's complicated. And same thing with the BWB business members. I love working with the businesses. I have such awe for people that step out to start their own business. But it's hard, and when you're on your own, it's really challenging. So Mm -hmm. to create that risk-free environment for them to get together and discuss, and again, I'm kind of a... uh, help them guide in the right direction of where to maybe connect Mm -hmm. or whatever. So it's just been hugely rewarding to be able to to offer that. It fills fills me up every day. And just seeing new business connections, people getting clients that they want, uh, even relationships get started through the different things. It's a really genuine community if you've had a chance to attend any of these events. Um, I've been told it's like taking your mask off and you can actually be you at this environment. So as much as I love business networking and I go to it, sometimes people have to feel, again, like the culture of I have to have the house. You you feel like you have to portray yourself in a certain way. And and uh, again, that makes us sick, right, if we can't be genuine who we are. So BWB is very much about that. And I've had people say, oh, I've been to some other events and you just don't feel feels kind of uh, yeah. uncomfortable. And then you come to, it's like, I'm glad I knew how to BWB, like coffee collaborations the next day. Oh, I can just be me again and stuff. So right. so I just get re- reaffirmed constantly that this is making a difference. So it's uh, networking, but beyond that. So it's a chance for people to share their problems, uh, maybe get some mentorship or at least uh, some direction of what resources. So um, could you give us like a real or a hypothetical example if someone runs a small business and they're having a problem with staffing, mm-hmm. uh, they come to one of your events and they meet other business owners, mm-hmm. right? So tell tell us, like you said, you have about six events a month. Six months. Are they all the same or what, uh, what sort of events do you have? Because we all have different lives and different schedules. I try to accommodate as many people as possible. So we, we have two coffee things in the morning. So... One is public, so coffee collaborations is each month where just anybody can show up and just, and it's, wow, like, 
I'm always amazed at it. It's like, how did you find out about this? I do advertise all over the place, yeah. but the people that, on Facebook, yeah, yeah. I, I'm all over social media and Castanet and Clona Now and Accelerate Okanagan, Google. I got, I'm everywhere I can be to try to spread the word because I'm excited to promote, first of all, the businesses that uh, work with me. I think they're amazing. So I'm so proud. I almost feel like an agent sometimes. So yeah. I, I, lo- I love doing that. But yeah, people will show up at coffee collaborations that I would never have met any other way. So it's awesome. And just the connections you see. Mm-hmm. And then the other coffee is just for members only. So once a month, the members get together. So we can just be really honest and open. What are you struggling with? And right. of course, if you're an entrepreneur, you know what the common struggles are. It's hard to stay motivated. It's hard to be hanging it out there and kind of going for it. You get yeah. lots of no's and and being on your own, it can be really tough. And you kind of feel like you're free falling from a building often, right? That it's just like, whew, this is kind of scary and it's exciting, but it's overwhelming. So be, to be able to sit around the table with other entrepreneurs and just be able to share what's going on and stuff. I certainly don't know everything in the world, but mm-hmm. I've been very blessed to know some amazing people. So I'm happy to introduce them to people that can help them or make connections or help maybe nudge them into maybe the right direction. Yeah. A common thing I see with businesses is they make it really hard to contact them. It's shocking. <laughs> to me, it's like, are you in business? Because yeah. when you look at the website, there's no phone number, there's no email, there's only the contact form. And there's yeah. no address. It's just like, wow, well, I, that doesn't feel very, like, trusty, right? Yeah. Like, uh, why can't I call you? Why can't I see where your business is? Or why can't I email you directly? So I, I, some businesses are kind of hurt themselves by doing that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. so we have lots of great conversations in, in our both our coffee morning things. Uh, we do two lunch and learns a week. One is uh, showcasing one of our BWB business members. So they, they're all these ones I'm talking about, these four are free. So they get up and they just share a little bit about their business, which is awesome. So it creates some awareness about the amazing businesses that we have in our community. Mm-hmm. And then that helps them attract clients and it's it's wonderful. Yeah. And the other lunch and learn we do, I do it with Sharon Davidson, who is a money coach. Her and I do a Wealth Wednesday. Just an open, frank conversation about, about the different uh, moving parts of finances and just just open sharing. So that goes really well, too. And then we have two evening events. And, of course, you participated in one, Luke. Yes. You were a storyteller. Storytelling Tuesday is definitely our flagship event. Uh, we've been doing it for three years now. i got to countless number of storytellers and musicians and artists that participate and uh yeah we usually get about 60 to 100 people or or more than 100 people Mm -hmm. to each each one each month and it's just five people in the community getting up and sharing a story yeah it's amazing (laughs) i remember the very first one i did i'm like oh so nervous um murray and Lori were our hosts at that point in time and murray's just like uh, I said, what if nobody shows? You know, we got these people prepped and stuff. He says, well, we'll just sit around the table and talk. But likely we had over 60 people show up and they shared their stories and it was just amazing. Really and just, just, it is. Like it, people just can be themselves and they can share anything. We all have opportunities to go to push in our business, networking things, like oh, you know, the elevator speech. But this is just being genuinely human connections and yeah. sharing stories. And we can resonate with every story. Like, we've all had good times, struggles, laughs, pain. Like, we've all had those. So it's amazing to hear the feedback from the audience that comes back. They're like, this is amazing. This is so neat in the community. So so that's been great. And then the other one is um, um, 
workshop Wednesdays. So another, again, it's a, a BWB business member does a longer workshop to, to help change um, nice. the public and stuff like that too. And the evening ones cost money. The other four are free. So we're just trying to reach the public, get the awareness out there. And nice. Yeah. Did you enjoy being a storyteller? I did. I was nervous as hell. And uh, it's probably the most vulnerable I've ever been in public because it's a story that's, you know, it's pretty dramatic if you recall it. I recall. But um, I recall it was wonderful. I mean, it felt so cathartic and, and great and, you know, the applause and everything. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> you know, uh, but and the other stories, too. I, you know, I'm embarrassed to admit I haven't been back since. But um, I want to ask you a little bit more about uh, how does one become a member of BWB? Because you mentioned some things are mm-hmm. public and some things are members only. Is there a prerequisite or can anybody join? How does it work? Pretty much anybody can become a BWB member. We have 50 plus now, I believe, members. Uh, no MLMs, though, because right. we're very focused on local businesses. Right. No, you know, nothing against them because anybody that's starting their own business and doing it, fantastic. I, I bow to you. And, of course, they can participate in our other public events. But to be um, a BW business member, you have to have a local business. And I work with them as needed. So I'm kind of like, same thing as my financial planning. Right. <laughs> I'm kind of like the sounding board. Like somebody will contact me and said, okay, I'm trying to do events. Can you help me work through that? Absolutely. I'm struggling with my social media. I'm, I'm struggling being brave enough to go someplace. Like I'm, I'm just there to be that sounding board and help guide them. I check with them at least quarterly. Uh, we try to do some bigger events throughout the year. So, because if you run your own business and you're on your own, or just two of you, or a small company, a little sad at Christmas time. There's no big corporate Christmas party, so we try to have a Christmas party so everybody can come and kind of get together. And we're, we're organizing um, a cruise on the lake together with uh, the different businesses. Um, we do filming videos for the business members and photo shoots and wow. that kind of stuff just to try to help them and make sure that they feel safe and stuff. And I'm so grateful for the businesses that have decided to become members and I'm, they're amazing and I love promoting them. So I also go into companies and bring um, a host of menu items that the business members provide, like workshops and speaking opportunities so they, they can bring in these members in for their employees to see. So right. we do lunch and learn series with different companies and we also do volunteer for a couple companies. We've been doing it with Canadian Mental Health Association. So we've had the different members been going through every week and talking to. It's been very rewarding on both sides. They love presenting and the Canadian Mental Health Association's grateful for having us come through and we're just going to start launching uh, another series for Mamas for Mamas. So mm-hmm. So we try to do both, help the community, and also I help hope to connect people with the companies that will really ultimately help employ these local businesses. Just popped into my head, but um, a lot of times when we're struggling uh, in business, we are a little bit embarrassed to come forward and ask for help because we feel like, well, I don't want to be a charity case. Uh, and, and what I try to advise people if they feel like that is just go and listen, uh, sometimes hearing other people's problems can take a huge weight off your shoulders, not because you're like, you know, feeling glad that someone else has problems, but you realize that you're not alone. Uh, I remember when I was in dire financial straits and I was, I had a job and, um, the company said, we're going to go volunteer at the, uh, the soup kitchen. 
and I thought, I can't do like I don't have time to do that. I got you know big problems and stuff like that. And just being able to uh, give meals to the people and see the look on their faces and how grateful they were, and I got to eat at the end as well, of course. And um, it was just like you know what, my problems aren't that bad. Like I can get through it, right? So most people are not in that dire of a situation where they have to go to to a food bank. I mean, some people are, of course, but but. I think just hearing other people express their their issues and their problems kind of takes a weight off of us. We realize there are solutions, there are people out there that can help, and uh, sometimes our problems aren't quite as bad as we thought when we're in isolation. So I really encourage people to attend your events. Um, How do people find out more about membership and your public events you can go on to my website which is balance well-being and it's a dash between well-being.com uh, you can find us on facebook as well we're everywhere it's interesting <laughs> i can because again been doing this for three years and just posting everything I, I can very rarely walk into a room now where somebody's not like knows me i might not know them but right. i'm just my face is out there everywhere which is a a good thing. I, I'm doing that mostly just to promote, again, the businesses, not so much myself, but right. to really get awareness out there. So it's fantastic. And um, whenever I go to something and we're introducing ourselves and I mention BW, Aubrey's like, yeah, you know, like yeah. so many, which is great. So, and our members, again, are passing along the word or like yourself too. If it's like, go, you know, go to one of Shauna's events and stuff. And, yeah. you know, people don't have to suffer. There's a community that wants to help people. And suffering doesn't have to mean you're, struggling financially or struggling and it just it's hard to be on your own it's hard to be an entrepreneur and stuff like so so i try to make sure that our business members are feel like they've got somebody with them and then they're not on not on their own so again thank you so much for your time uh i've definitely learned more about you even though i participated in one of your events Mm -hmm. a while ago but i've learned quite a bit more about you and um I'm excited to to look into it and you know think about joining and and uh, hopefully a few people will hear this podcast and be encouraged to attend one of your events. So thanks again. Thank you, Luke. I think it's awesome you're doing this and being curious about the community. That's how I try to view uh, the community too. It's just curious. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? When yeah. you're sitting down doing these podcasts and even storytelling. Like I kind of knew you before we talked a bit but even people i know really well like take the stage at storytelling i'm like oh, i didn't know that happened to them right. i didn't know they were. and it could be something successful too it doesn't have to be necessarily something negative because people have trouble sharing successes because you feel like you're bragging right but if you get on the stage you can kind of yeah like i was shocked i got this and i got this it's but I, every time i learn something new so That's it's awesome. awesome to have conversations so good for you for doing this thank, thank you, you. Yeah. i really enjoyed it i forgot one last question um can you name off the t- and I know you're connected to dozens and dozens of people. Uh, name one person off the top of your head that you find to be a fascinating person in the city of Kelowna, and you would love to see come on this show in the future. Are you familiar with uh, Karen? I'm not sure if it's Humes or Bowen of Manager Know How. No, she's right. friggin' awesome. Love right. her to death. I think. Uh, what does she do? Uh, she helps businesses. Um, do develop their people and grow and stuff and I, I she's she joined BWB a while back and I'm just every time I see her I'm just blown away by her. But I, I could tell you hundreds of potentially thousands of, of people that I'm just 
inspired by like it's hard to limit to just one yeah and karen just popped into my head that's why i'm so excited about the show because i always ask that question at the end so um we just picked 10 people at the start and now we're up to i think 26 and but every single interview has someone for recommendation so that's great thanks again